Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transform Aisha's podcast, and I hope that you're doing well. So we're going to get right into chapter 19. Saul told Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David, and Jonathan warned David. Verses 1 and 2. Jonathan defended David and spoke well of him. As a result, Saul took an oath not to kill David. Verses 4 through 6. Jonathan told David about this, and David had great success against the Philistines, verses 7 and 8. The evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul, and Saul tried to place harm on David while he was playing the lyre for Saul. Thank God that David escaped in verses 9 and 10. Michael, David's wife, warned David and put her life on the line for him, verses 11 through 17. Saul found out that Michael deceived him and sent David away verse 17 as much as one can argue with why God is putting David through this physical persecution evil spirit from the law Lord and trying to escape death one can also argue that God brought Jonathan and Mika Saul's family to protect David we may suffer but God has many lights in the tunnel lean on God and trust God in the process David had to go through all of this probably to be a better king for God's glory and many other reasons. But one can never say that God is not good. Saul did not give up trying to kill David, but God kept David safe. See verses 18 to 24. I love the friendship between Jonathan and David in chapter 20. David justifiably questions what he has done to Saul and Jonathan reassures him and says the following. Never, Jonathan replied, you are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without letting me know. Why would he hide this from me? It isn't so. End quote. That was in verse 2. Jonathan was willing to do whatever David wanted him to do. Verse 4. It is great to think about this friendship, but it's also crucial to think about this from a relationship with God. Would I be willing to suffer or go through persecution so I could live for God first? I love when David says the following to Jonathan, verses 8 and 9. As you know, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into the covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said. If I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? End quote. They had true honesty and commitment in their relationship, friendship. This makes me think of how I need to treat God and others. Jonathan did nice things for David out of a love for him, verse 17. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because David because he loved him more he loved him as he loved himself. End quote. Do you do things out of love for God and people? Or is there a motive to it? These are the questions I have to ask myself. I do not believe that this friendship was put just because it was nice, but a roadmap of how devoted and committed we need to be to God first and people after. Jonathan even dealt with persecution with his father for the cause. Give me one second. Okay, verse 28. Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me, Asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town and my brother has ordered me to go there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brother's 
That is why he does not come to that king's table. Verse 30. So that was verse 29. This is verse 30. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan and said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse of your own shame into the shame of the mother who bore you? 31. As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Verse 32. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. Verse 33. Saul, but Saul hurled his spirit to kill at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that he intended to kill David. 34. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger, and on that second day of the feast, he did not eat because he agreed that his father's shameful treatment towards David, of David, end quote. Later on, the interaction happened between David and Jonathan. Verse 41. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. 42. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is a witness between you and me and between the descendants and my descendants forever. Then Jonathan left and no, then David left and Jonathan went back to the town. End quote. Such a beautiful friendship with thee that how I want to have my relationship with God to be like. In chapter 21, David went to know, verse 1, and fled from Saul to go to Agish, the king of Gath, in verse 10. I am not sure why this happened here. In verses 12, David took these words to the heart and was very much afraid of Agish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence, and while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Verse 14. Akish said to his servants, look at this man, he's insane. Why bring him to me? 15. Am I so short of madman that you bring, that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come to my, into my house? End quote. I read from a commentary that David did not feel safe in Israel, so he had to find refuge with ungodly people. That makes sense because David went to Akish, king of Gath, in verse 10. They also said that David was afraid that the Philistines recognized him. That makes sense because in verse 11, David was recognized. It reminds me of how I re react with fear. I do not respond to fear, but react to it. I make impulsive decisions instead of leaning on God and biblical wise counsel so I can move in fear. I need to move in fear so that God can work with me. I love reading commentaries and finding out what the passages mean. This is why sins of fear, jealousy, and envy need to be addressed right away. One could argue that Saul responded this way because of the evil spirit, but when the spirit of God was on Saul, he did what he did in the previous chapters. It was Saul's refusal, in my opinion, to address his fear, insecurity, jealousy, and envious ways that was discussed in chapter 18. This is why I personally need to be careful on how I respond to situations like this. David fled in fear in chapter 20 because of the conflict between Jonathan and David in verses 18 to 23. In verses 37 to 38, it was completed and the best course of actions aligned with the covenant was for David to flee. In chapter 22, David went from Gath and escaped to the cave of Andalon. His brothers and household heard about it and met him there. Also, about 400 men met him there as well, verses 1 and 2. I believe God brought people to comfort David for what Saul has done and was doing. 
God may not rescue us out of a situation that we are in, but he definitely shows us during the journey that he is faithful. Saul discovers David and his men, verse 6. Dal the Edomite told Saul the following, But Dal the Edomite, who was standing with the Saul's officials, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Amalek, son of Adhumadnam. Um, that was verse 9. This is verse 10. Adamant acquired the Lord for him. He also gave him provisions in the sword of Goliath the Philistine. End quote. Amalek responds with the following response. Verse 14. Amalek answered the king, Who are you servants? Who of all your servants is as loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and highly respected in your household? 15. Was that day the first time I inquired the Lord God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair. End quote. Saul threatens to kill Amalek and his whole family. Verse 16. Even though Saul ordered the guard to kill the priests of the Lord because they sided with David by not telling Saul that David was fleeing, the officials were unwilling to kill the priests of the Lord. Verse 17. Dogs ended up killing 85 men, but one of Amalek's son, A-B-I-A-T-H-A-R, escaped. Verses 18-20. David found out what happened to Abrael and was grieved. Verses 20 to 23. The chapter ends with David assuring them not to be afraid and blames himself for what happened. Verses 22 to 23. It is really sad that Saul's revenge against David ended up killing people who did not side with Saul. This is exactly what sin does. It destroys everything in his path. There is no such thing as just ruining your own life or doing damage to yourself. It is something that snowballs and destroys everything in his path. And the Bible does say that the godly will be persecuted. 2 Timothy 3.12 and that may mean physical death as well. Really tragic. In chapter 23, David humbly inquires from the Lord twice and asks his God will deliver the Philistines in his hand and God made David successful, verses 1-6. to Even after David saved Kaliah from the Philistines, verses 1-6, to it was known that they would deliver David into Saul's hands, verses 7-9, 11-14. Sometimes we can do nice things for people, and it may not be returned, but it's crucial to ensure that everything we do stems from the love of the Lord and the love of others, for others. Verse 14, David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Nebroth. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not deliver David into his hands, end quote. God didn't allow David to go through all of this. God did allow David to go through all of this, but never delivers David into Saul's hands. God is so faithful and amazing. Don't be mad at the suffering, but be blessed in the ways that God is revealing himself in the in the process and trusting that God's will must prevail over everything and anything. I love the interaction between David and Jonathan in the following verses. Verse 16, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David Horch and helped him find strength in the Lord. 17, Don't be afraid, he said, My father's soul would not will not lay hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father's soul knows this. 18. Two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Jonathan went home, but David remained in Horish. End quote. Saul didn't try to pursue David, but was unsuccessful in this chapter. Even though, even when other people have found David and went against David, God still kept them safe. Verses 19, 25, and 28. Things took a really different turn in chapter 24, four, verse 4. The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke when he said, 
or the t- today the Lord is saying to you, I would give your enemy into your hands for you would do for you to deal with it as you wish, end quote. Then David crept up on the list and cut off the corner of Saul's robe, verse 5. At the word, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe, 6. He said to the man, The Lord forbid I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointing of the Lord, 7. With these words, David sharply rebuked his man and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Verse 8. Then David went out the cave and called out to Saul, My lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed and prostrated with his face, prostrated himself with his face to the ground. End quote. David could have taken the revenge against Saul and killed him, but he did not. David even bowed and gave Saul respect. This is the type of forgiveness and reconciliation that is truly astonishing and mind-blowing. All this happened to David, and he responded like that. Truly incredible and convicting. David also said the following, verse 12. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand would not touch you. 13. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds, so my hand would not touch you. Saul later on responded. Verse 16. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. 17. You are more righteous than I. He said, You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. 18. You have just now told me about the good thing you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. 19. When a man finds his enemy, does he, does he let him go away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. End quote. David even gave Saul off to not kill off Saul's descendants or wipe out his name for his father's family. Verses 21 and 22. So thank you so much for listening to Transform Aisha's podcast. I'm going to actually start off with chapter 25 after. Thank you.